We're continuing in our series. It's going to be quite a few installments in this series, all up in your feelings. One of the um, very basic needs of the human experience is security. We have a human need to feel safe. We, when we don't feel safe, fear enters. Taking steps to feel safe and to feel secure are legitimate. And that is why we lock our doors at night. But there are other fears that are manufactured in our minds. Things like fear of the, the unknown, of what could potentially happen. Uh, and then there are fears that are legitimate, that are produced by traumas, experiences that we have had in the past that affect our thoughts and our emotions even presently. But whatever the case, I'm here to tell you today that you are safe and secure in the hands of God Almighty. Wednesday night's prayer focus this past week, um, we prayed against worry and anxiety because our fears can be so much more than just personal security, right? Our fears can be in the area of finance. Our fears can be in the area of relationships. Our fears can be rejection. We, we can fear getting ill. Uh, we can fear uh, changes. We can fear failure, even loneliness. And the list goes on and on. And, and some of these things can consume and paralyze us. But God has some promises in his word. And this morning, we want to look at those promises. Would you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8? And while you're getting there, in that prayer meeting on Wednesday, what we spoke about is uh, that we are not to be anxious about things in our lives. Matter of fact, uh, Matthew 6, 25 tells us, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? And that's just one aspect of fear. But it also tells us in Philippians, starting in verse uh, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God 
And what will happen, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. The title of today's sermon is Confident Position in Christ. Because of who God is, because of what God has promised, you are commanded not to be anxious. You need not worry. You need not fear. Be confident in your position in Christ and all the benefits that come along with that position as a child of God. The text we're about to read is my favorite text in the whole Bible. Uh, when I first got saved, uh, shortly after, I began a Bible study and started inviting people and didn't know a whole lot about the Bible, but just felt a sense that I'm going to start opening up the Bible and reading it and letting other people know. And... I said in the Bible study, I'm starting in the book of Romans. And there were some seasoned Christians there, Bob being one of them. That's why he sits in the front row. And they said, Romans? Romans is the most theological book in all the Bible. But this portion of Scripture is so beautiful so would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Again, we're in Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start reading from verse uh, 31 and read down to verse 39. And it reads this way. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave up, gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who intercede, who is indeed interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for your promises. Thank you as we read your word, we can be so secure in our position. Lord, sometimes we forget we're standing on solid ground as your children. Sometimes uh, we have so many things come our way that we forget that you are sovereign over all. This day, Lord, so confirm in our hearts, no matter where we are or what we're going through, if we are your child, we are secure in our position. And you command us not to be anxious, not because only because of who we are, but who we're with. We're with our Father. We are yours. So confirm that in our hearts. So do a work, Lord, in our minds as we consider these things, that it would have such a transforming effect on our soul, Lord. We petition you for these things because only you can do that through your word by the power of the Holy Ghost. So we look forward to what you're going to do in each and every one of us this day as we consider your promises. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The beautiful uh, thing about this text is God um, has a plan that he is unfolding and one that he is providing for our future glory. Paul approaches this issue with a series of questions, questions that he is going to answer because he wants us to come away renewed with a renewed sense of assurance. We can be sure in what? In the very thing that we say when we end each service, that the good work that God has started in us, he will bring to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. So the text starts out with, what then shall we say to these things? What things? Previously uh, in the verses before this, he was describing the coming glory, but he's described them along with the present sufferings. We have a coming glory, but we also have present sufferings. But with a bigger picture, a picture letting us know that we are secure, that our position is eternal. The text says, if God is for us, who can be against us. He is the ultimate one to have on your side. As you guys know, and I've told you many stories about um, different things that have taken place in my life growing up in the streets of, of Brooklyn and, and my, my um, son and his fiance uh, 
here for the weekend, and we were having one of those conversations of this weekend, and I said something about what happened to me when I was younger, and uh, my wife, who is super sensitive, could not stop laughing. You, usually, I, I don't get upset about um, those things, but she was laughing so hard about something that happened to me that was not nice. One of the things that we know is um, all of us has, have levels of what we can handle ourselves or what we think we can handle ourselves. And then other things we recognize immediately. I'm going to need some help on this. So uh, in the context that we're speaking, um, sometimes that helps needs to be like physical reinforcements, right? Sometimes that help means hey, I have a rich uncle, right? Sometimes um, that help means I need some good advice because I don't understand this. But what this text is telling us is whatever is presented to us, we have one that is on our side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And then the text starts to qualify not what God will and can do, but what God already did so that we know that we are so secure in his hands. Often we hear promises of people, hey, I got your back. And if this were to happen, you can count on me. What God is doing, and that may, it may not happen. But what we know here is God is going to speak about what he already did, which gives us great security in what he will do. The text says, he who did not spare his own son, that is the greatest gift that met the deepest need and he paid the highest price. And this will have benefits forever, eternal benefits. So the argument here is, if God did not spare his son, which was the only way that wretched, ratchet, sinful man could come into relationship with a holy God. If God provided for that, what do we have to worry about? It says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Everything you need, you have. And then it goes on to say, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Christian, you were chosen by God because it was his good pleasure. Who can bring a charge? Who brings that charge? Satan. 
the accuser of the brethren. Revelations tells us that he accuses us day and night. What's that look like? We are redeemed, blood-bought children of God. And Satan, looking at our actions, our words, our deeds sometimes, says, look at him, God. That's your child? Look what he just said. Look what he just did. Look where she's at right now. Look at your children, which isn't consistent with the position that you say that they have. But the argument goes on to say, who can bring a, a charge against God elect? God's elect? It is God who justifies. In other words, to be justified is to be declared not guilty. Not only not guilty, but righteous. And that's not based on you didn't commit any crimes. Because we've all committed crimes against God, and even as his children, continue to do so. But it's because you put your faith in Christ and his finished work. The text says, who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one he, who dies, who died. What does that mean? The devil doesn't get to set the criteria. God sets the criteria for putting us in the position that we're in. You have to accept it's not your report card that gets you into heaven. It is the finished work of Jesus and your trust in that, that declares you justified, that makes the sinner righteous. The enemy will always have you believe you're not secure because of your behavior. We are all a work in process. And that does not give you a license to trample on grace. What it means is he's making you look like Jesus more and more every day. But we're all afar off from that completed work. And along the way, there is going to be where we fall and get back up where we make a mistake, where we say the wrong thing, where we do the wrong thing, where we have seasons where we're not intimate and close with God, even though he's right there. But no, the criteria is what Jesus did. Who is it to condemn? To condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Christ is praying for you. Often when people uh, tell me a situation that's happening in their life, I pray and I pray immediately. And often as our routine of praying together, my wife and I, me and my own prayer time, 
I'm praying for you. But like everyone else, I don't remember to pray for every single thing every single time. Christ is praying for you. He is petitioning the Father on your behalf. And he is positioned, seated at the right hand of God. And he is in perfect unity with the Father. To know that even in my position in Christ, that there is someone accusing me of things in Christ as our advocate, sitting at the right hand of the Father, saying, I'm the one who died. This is my blood that was shed, and it was shed for him. It was shed for her. Wow. The text goes on to say, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And it starts to name these things. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are guarded, regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. This list uh, speaks of different things that come into our lives. Things that, if we allow it, we believe is separating us from God. But this text is letting us know that there is nothing that's going to separate us from his love. And to qualify that and to take it even further, it says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I, I, I know what it is to win. I know what it is to lose. I have conquered some things in my life uh, through Christ, strongholds that were there. We are winning a most glorious victory. We are not only conquerors, we are more than conquerors. In what? In all those very difficulties that were just named. And what is going to play out in the future. So the text says, because of those things, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Remember, all creation is his. It was made for him. It was made through him. It was made by him. And nothing in creation could be used to separate God's children from his love. One of the reasons why that's sometimes hard to 
to stomach is because uh, in our relationships, we've been hurt. In our relationships, at times, there were things that came in and put a wedge. At times, uh, over a period of things uh, happened and love grew cold. But not here. Um, not in this. This is saying, I am sure that neither death nor life. We don't have to be afraid to leave here because for the believer, it is the place we want to be. Paul made that real clear. I, I, I go through this exercise in my mind. I want so much to be with God. Take me, Lord. One of the things that Bob used to always say is, is, you know, everyone wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die. No, no, we got, we got to leave here and we have to be so knowing God that it is our desire to leave and to be with the Lord. But he toggled back and forth with, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to be with the Lord. But I'm... Um, here and I'm here for your benefit for the work that God has still called me to do and that is a great joy as well to be about God's business so it's not let's leave and expedite that no 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 God has every single one of our moments measured, how long we're going to be on this earth and what we're called to do are in his hands. But don't let the fear of death think that will separate me from God's love because in fact, it will let us know how much more he loves us and what the next season of eternity is going to look like. Not only do we not have to be concerned with death separating us, it says, nor angels, nor rulers. In other words, we know that there was a fall and there is demonic activity and angelic activity all around us. Not even those things, not even the schemes of the enemy can separate us from God's love. We need to be confident in that. Nor things present, nor things to come, which speaks about time. God's love doesn't grow cold. You, you, you know, like when you meet someone and um, let's just say it's going to potentially be a romantic relationship. Uh, we present ourselves as well as we can. <laughs> and we sell basically the best of ourselves. And as it rolls out and reality starts to set in, we discover other things that aren't so lovable 
but are now part of the package. You hear that, Winston and Melissa? <laughs> They're about to get married. <laughs> but God, his love doesn't grow cold. He knows everything about us. And our position is firmly established in his love that is unconditional. We put conditions on love. Hey, I thought you were this. You need to keep being like this and even getting better, regardless of what I'm doing. And that continues my love. And when that doesn't happen, it can grow cold. God doesn't love us any more or less in our failures and our faults and our shortcomings. When we are his child, we are secure. So not even time can separate us from his love. Nothing and all creation has the ability to put a wedge in the love that God has for us through Christ Jesus. You can come up, worship team. So this is our prayer. We're going to go back to Philippians 4 and 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Today's prayer is, Lord, can I say confidently that I am sure? Being sure is a confidence in what you think and what you know, having no doubt that you are right. I love the way this argument was laid out by Paul. Letting us know there is nothing that changes your position in Christ. And God said all of these things and he proved by what he has already done that this is finished business. So for us and how that ties into all up in your feelings. If we grasp a hold on the fact that our position is safe and secure, fear, anxiety, worry, even in our present situations, starts to go away. We start to recognize that we have a hope 
We can have a joy in, the, in spite of these things, knowing that even these things God is using for our good and his glory. When we take our position and stand in it, we can have a peace in the midst of the storm. We are so moved um, from how we feel and, and the emotions that flood us. But they're greatly affected about from how we think. And how we think and the renewing of our minds is us embracing what the scripture tells us about who God is and who we are in him. So not everyone here feels confident in saying, I'm sure of these things. Because even as we say it so often, our actions, our emotions, our feelings don't line up with what we want to be the case. We're going to open up the altars. And what I would like you to consider as you come and the worship team sings a song is God. I believe, but help my unbelief. God, my circumstances so often are dictated by what's happening presently. Help me to know that because you love me, I don't have to worry about these things. Nothing can separate us from his love. So his love ties to our security. His love shows us all the benefits that we have as his children and heirs. His love lets us know that our position in Christ is irrevocable. Be confident. He just said nothing can separate us from his love. So if you so desire, come to the altar. Let's just contemplate that for a moment. And the prayer is, God, I want to be able to stand in confidence in my position in Christ and have my heart line up with what my head already knows. Let's take a time to reflect on that. You may come.